Welcome to Michael's Odyssey, Episode 2, The Monkey Makers. Before I delve into the main podcast, I wanted to give you all a concise description of what the podcast is. Listening to the first one, um, sober, <laughs> I kid, listening to the first one with newer ears. One is uh, further reminded of the merits of pre-planning and scripts. The first was not refined at all. It was done at the spur of the moment with consequences. As I stated earlier, I did not sound as impressively mesmerizing as I do now. Still, I sound like Christmas morning on my worst day, so that's still a treat for you, man mortals, nevertheless. This podcast will not be focused on one primary topic. It will not be focused on one primary discipline, politics, science and technology, popular culture, philosophy. But it will take into account a kaleidoscope of disciplines. Because I have a cornucopia of interest and so do the targeted audience I want listening in. But every conversation, every talk, every podcast must be interesting, must be engaging. Um, Some controversy, of course. Um, Most conversations, any conversation worth its salt, will be seen as having a controversial edge to it. So that's to be expected. But this podcast is, above all, to tingle our curious senses engage our intellect and challenge our notions why why am I doing it the underlying reason is to have difficult but necessary conversations seeing the fact that we are all a kaleidoscope of complex cultures, complex differences, complex customs, complex feelings, complex subjectivity. Without hard dialogues to engage, no community evolves. They, they live in a putrid lake of their ignorance and regressiveness. Difficult conversations allow us to learn and to grow outside the confines of our own individual or, you know, communal blind spots. It is impertinent. One key point that I I want to clarify before I continue is the notion of right and wrong, good and bad, evil. These are terms that I am very sensitive about. And I'm very sensitive about flippantly attaching them to my thinking and in speech. You know, I might use them in private conversations, but it's I'm very wary of them. It's very it's a very dismissive term. It's a term that should be attached to words and wielded with some care. The complexity of life, the psychology of individuals, the psychology of the group, the drive of a collective, 
isn't one to be taken away, isn't one to be taken lightly. I shy away from these labels when I want to take a stance or have very serious dialogue with people for two key reasons. Um, the first one is subjectivity. As a conscious observer, I have to take into account many things when I when I look at a sentient, conscious person. I think of their, I take into account their genetic predisposition, the environment, the culture, the actual influences on the individual, and how much influence the individual himself has over a situation. When attaching these words, you know, to deeds of people, so bad must be truly bad. And not just truly terrible, but it has to be purposeful. It has to be done purposely. Secondly, I think bad, evil, the thing, you know, they, they're almost a hindrance when you have the intention of bridging and engaging a wide spectrum of different peoples and groups and subgroups. So, example, my bads are, you know, deeds and, you know, perpetrators of deeds that purposely cause physical pain for reasons other than self-protection during an attack you know um, you must purposely have intention of putting your own selfish interest above others even knowing it will be detrimental to them you know these are bad things um annoying irritating crude indecent even selfish things more complex, you know, just blanketed bad things. And I hate selfishness personally. It's 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 one of the worst habits I detest in humans. Still it is it is detaste it is distasteful, it is shitty, rude perhaps, but not bad. That's just my you know my take on it. And, and by the way, the word bad has over sixty meanings. I mean it's it is, but I'm, I'm using it, when I use it, I'm using it in a you know, general colloquial meaning, you know, something that's just evil, and how we have attached, um, you know, subjectivity to that word, evil and bad. So, if I am to divulge my personal beliefs in a conversation, I will disclose that, but I shy from that, especially on the public forum, and I would be as brutally as objective as I can. Rather than good and bad, I see things as effective and ineffective, beneficial and detrimental, advantageous and unfavorable. So what have I tagged the monkey makers and why? Personally, I, I do not use the term monkey makers or monkey in a degrading way. I'm indifferent to, to it from a racial or crude perspective. I use it as a moniker. Moniker for something operating in a manner that is acutely regressive or something operating in a manner that is devoid of logic. And yes, I I am also aware that it will sting some people and maybe my dark half might find it darkly amusing.
but fret not I do not think of it in a degrading manner scouts honor in direct plain definition monkey makers are things that can switch off what I consider the key part of our consciousness the key part of our conscious doings that is our ability to be logical and empirical and the skeptical part of our brain it manifests itself by a willing acceptance of realities outside the scope of the natural world outside the scope of any testifiable empirical methodology of study and it does this without any evidence and any sound philosophical arguments now I must say again I, I do not think it is I, I am not inferring that these things I do consider monkey makers are bad no just being objective my, my subjective minded notions obviously taken into account and this is based off not just observations but of well documented field experiments most importantly refutable evidences of visual confirmations these evidences can be seen in, 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 in how it manifests itself in, 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 in how we create laws and how we govern and live our lives without further ado I present to you the monkey makers culture and religion well male horniness is is is, is on that list but you know that's that's a that's a, an entire podcast we'll, we'll dedicate an entire series for that one if I survive this podcast but for now let's focus on the main two culture and religion to explain why these two things have been tagged monkey makers let's take for example the simple rule 1 plus 1 equals 2 the reason why these are what I deem monkey makers is if either of these claimed otherwise let's say 1 plus 1 equals 5 most practitioners of these most people that adhere very strictly to the confines and the practice of these things will comply this is the root of the issue now imagine us humans we are a well functioning well oiled computer machine our brain is a CPU our consciousness our our state of being is our operating system works from the brain culture religion these are programs stimuli what we get from the environment every day this is data now what is culture culture basically is a guide of how a collective of people view the world in general culture is our customs laws our attire our social standards our religious beliefs our traditions our architectural style all of these are examples of cultural elements but the most dominant show and effect of culture 
and what I want to hone in on are you know customs, laws, social standards, religious beliefs, and traditions. These are what guides a group of people. These have chosen are the most important because it dictates two vital things: how we see the world, how we interact with the world. That is how we treat each other, how we design laws governing each other, and how we treat our environment. For religion, I find the definition of religion very, very telling. It's it actually helps my explanation. It is belief in and worship of a superhuman controlling power, especially a personal god or gods. Now, this is perfectly acceptable and sensible to me.、Uh, worship of superhuman control of, of a superhuman controlling power, especially. Personal God or gods? Yes, something that has superhuman controlling power. Now, for 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 a claim like this to be made, that system, that program should have everything in order. Should have all its ducks in order. It must be irrefutably proven and tested. Because that is such a massive claim, things of this magnitude, things of this impact, cannot be folly. Culture and religion commands such a such a massive functioning of our minds, of our brains, of our hands, of our deeds. With that being said, these programs should be effectively scrutinized. Scrutinized only due to the fact that the control they wield over the human population, over how we interact with one another, over how we interact with our environment, is vast. And because we affect each other, if we live in a population where a percentage. Or the demographic, or a, or a key demographic, makes decisions strictly based out of the confines of their subjective beliefs. This is cause for alarm. This is something that must be scrutinized effectively. How we act matters. So neither culture or religion are actually instinctive. We are not genetically programmed or predisposed to learning either. They must be taught and imbibed in us, preferably from a from a from a young age when our psyches are still being developed. Now this holds the solution, which we'll touch on later on. And a key point of contention, because humans, infants, come into this world with basic drives—you know, hunger, thirst, the drive to protect oneself from from attack, 
but they do not possess instinctive patterns of behaviors to satisfy them. They are without any cultural or religious knowledge. However, they are genetically predisposed to, you know, rapidly learning new languages and new traits. So the program of culture and the program of religion takes advantage of this. Takes advantage of the fact that we are genetically genetically predisposed to rapidly learning new traits. We invented culture through an assortment of factors, um, but primarily through the the, the preferences. And the values of the founder of that culture, or the group of founders of that culture, whatever their goals are, whatever their objectives and their missions are, this determines whatever the culture will be. And then culture is then maintained, just like religion, through a reward system, personal, emotional reward system. So what is empirical? What is to be believed? And how is it to be believed? Now this is particularly important, this question. Because it is important we understand how the natural world works. We We need to have a North Star when it comes to how we view the natural world how we view life, how we view morality, how we view ethics. This helps the kaleidoscope of of the human community develop fair and worthy cultures that guides us all devoid of extreme subjectivity to favor one group or another. The issue with religion and culture in, 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 in empiricism is they, they intervene in disciplines about the natural world whilst providing zero expertise, zero evidences, or most don't even make sound philosophical sense out of the decisions it takes. Every path or doctrine is already designed and designed to serve one purpose, the institution, whatever the cultural or religious institution and the preferences of the elites or the groups that leads them. primary effects we derive from blind adherence to culture and religion are obscurantism, rigid irrationality and illogical beliefs, which is harmless on its own, save for interactions with humans and the natural world. 
So I'm gonna say it's pretty harmful, or it's pretty powerful, it packs a kick. And the third one is self-justification. Primary issues are obscurantism, rigid irrationality and illogical beliefs, and self-justification. This scares scares me, and, and, and this, this is cause for alarm, especially when it comes to wielding these two monkey makers. These three key points of contentions that, that they cause obscurantism, rigid irrationality and illogical beliefs, and self-justification builds the individual. These are the crux, these are the, the foundation, this is the crucible from which the individual or the self or the group develops. Now, these programs are able to achieve this by just affecting the operating units in the mainframe. They affect our psychology, number one. This is how they are able to make us obscurantists. This is how they, 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 they affect our, 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 our rationality, our irrationality, our logical or illogical viewpoints and, and interpretation of the world and how we self-justify what we want to believe and how we want to believe it. Psychology. Cultural religion influences and have an overriding psychological effect on our processing. Individual thoughts, actions, influence are influenced and in turn influences cultural religion. Morality. Ethics are a set of moral principles that, it, that, that guides an individual or a group. Now, whatever affects this must be scrutinized because this determines what principles you govern your life on. Religion and culture fits this bill too. Each drives and makes sound claims, not sound, but powerful definitive claims on, on, on morality and ethics. The issue here is each has its own subjective, each religion, each different cultures have their own subjective takes on morality and ethics. Each clashes. And another problem is, neither provides sound philosophical arguments for each. Ethics reflect beliefs. They reflect what we consider what is right and what is wrong, what is just, what is unjust, what is good and what is bad in terms of behavior. So whatever influences or affects these 
must be correct, must be scrutinized, must be analyzed, must be challenged, must be refined, must have room for change. But a problem, another problem is when it comes to religion and culture, rigidity is a key feature of these things. Now, some of the consensus on the dangers, uh, the general dangers of, 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 of cultural religion just takes into account the aesthetics. You know, uh, let's say, for culture, for example, it's, you know, stereotypes, uh, oversimplifying other people's, other people, you know, over, it oversimplifies a group or an individual. Then we have, you know, ethnocentrism, belief that one group is racially superior to another group. In religion, it, it, it also is the same. One denomination has the right message and is superior to another denomination with another message. The, the extreme essence of subjectivity, the, the effect it has on the skeptical part of our brain, the justification angle, the justification feature of it, these are the key issues and not just the aesthetics such as stereotypes and ethnocentrism. The underlying aspect of it is the key focus. The underlying workings of these features control a part of us that is too valuable to be toyed with. Our actual cognition, how we learn, how we process and how we understand. This gives it teeth. This is why these two programs must be handled with care. And this is why these two programs must be correct. If not correct, must be modified to make it correct. How do you think you, 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 you know, how you think and how you process stimuli is you, at least a key part of you. If your processing is altered, how and the process for the alteration matters. Are you, are you correct? Are you factual? Are you empirical? How does it affect us? Certain key effects of this one key effect is the, the understanding of the natural world. I have stated that several times. The understanding of the natural world is key. It determines how we control our environment. It determines how we interact with our environment. It determines how we, how we study and gain knowledge on our biology, our physiology, our emotions, even what we would consider our spirituality. Culture religion makes claims when it comes to things in the natural world. 
without providing evidence for it, which is another key point of contention with it. It makes claims in evolution, it makes claims in neurobiology, and it makes claims in cosmology. It tells us about our understanding of our place in the cosmos. The monkey makers have answers to questions that have not been asked and have answers to questions we're still working on. Any system that follows this trajectory is incompatible with evolution, is incompatible with self-correction, is incompatible with self-analysis. Rationality, logic, religion, culture, empiricism are incompatible because they all compete to find truths about the universe. Science and technology, astrophysics for example, utilizes tools and equations and measurements. Religion and culture utilizes our emotions. There are some fundamental truths about the universe that believers have to accept in order to be religious. That is another, another aspect about the monkey makers that I find intriguing. This, not just making claims, but you have to accept some things to be a member of both. When it comes to culture, you have to accept some things within the culture, irrespective of how wrong it is, for you to be seen as a true advocate of that culture. Same with a religion. Many Muslims, for example, and Christians see the Quran and the Bible as literal truth. To question any of this brings death sentence to you. Now this is another point of contention, not just because programs make claims, but to challenge these programs, to challenge teachers in these programs is forbidden to make changes, to alter, to perfect is not allowed. Now, Instead of making corrections, these programs would rather disregard empirical truths or find a way to harmonize it, but will not change itself or finds extreme difficulty in changing itself. That is a key point of contention. Religion, culture competes 
with other proven empirical methodologies of finding truths or finding esoteric truths about the natural world, about psych- the human mind, and about the cosmos. Religion doesn't have a methodology, neither does culture do, to weed out what is false. To weed out what is a fallacy. Because these things, in one way or another, have something called authority. Their methods are true and that's that. But the reality is, there is no way of proving any of their tenets false because they have authority. Now these are what makes these two monkey makers. The ability to influence the host's cognitions, processes and actions based off zero empirical evidence. When utilized intelligently and without blind composure, culture has intrinsic value. Culture provides important social and economic benefits, enhances our way of life, the quality of our life. It increases the overall well-being of the individual due to the communal elements it has to it. Um, Religion, I do not see a lot of intrinsic value in the 21st century. Uh, most of what it provides can be provided just in other communal engagements. But still, I will fight for whomever chooses to have a religious path, and I will fight for his religious freedom for him to do so unperturbed. Now, neither religion or culture are inherently bad or violent or peaceful or good. These are to be wielded by its users as the user sees fit. This is another point of contention. If the user is not mentally sound, if the user is motivated by extreme personal subjective goals, if the user is driven by by weakness, if it's if it's driven by anger, driven by 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 selfish reasons, the user wields it accordingly. Now, irrespective of whatever program gets installed in your operating system, if it lacks the feature of self-analyzing, self-correction, self-critique, and evolution, that program is most likely a virus. So, what do you think?